Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Solovich, part of the team at Cherokee Media Group and senior editor of AutoFin Journal and Subprime Auto Finance News. For this episode of the podcast, pleased to be able to have a face-to-face conversation originating from Las Vegas and the Vehicle Finance Conference hosted by the American Financial Services Association. And it's the closing day. And and thankfully, two of the senior vice presidents from AFSA have enough energy left uh, from all the great events that have happened this week to to share some time for the podcast. Celia Winslow and Danielle Arlo, again, are both senior vice presidents of, of AFSA and have their finger on the pulse of what's happening from the from the regulatory and legislative world. Celia, Danielle, it's great to have you again. Thank you in all sincerity. Thank you again for, for sharing some time of what's been a successful and busy week for y'all. How are you? Thanks for having us, Nick. You can't see it, but our smiles, uh, you can't see it for those listen, for everyone listening in, but our smiles are big and we're thrilled to be able <laughs> to talk a little bit more about what's going on and DC and in the States. Absolutely. Well, well, Celia, we'll we'll start with you on on the federal level. Just uh, uh, heading into to this week's events, uh, much attention has been given to what's been percolating at the FTC and, and the cars rule and, and involving dealerships and such. And, and certainly, financial services is in, involved as well. Just wanted wanted to give you a chance to to weigh in on the topic uh, too. Just what's your reaction to? The latest effort that the FTC is 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 organizing and, and looking to push through. Thanks. That's a great question. So I think that the FTC's intentions are good with the two rule two of the rules that they're working on right now that affect our industry. One is the vehicle shopping rule that you mentioned, and the other is a rule on fees. And the FTC's goal in both these rules are, is to make sure that consumers understand what they're getting into. And we want that, too. That's why AFSA and NADA have AWARE, Americans Well-Informed on Automobile Retail Economics. So for any of the listeners that want to learn a little bit more, go to autofinancing101.com. Unfortunately, I think the FTC falls short of its goals here, and the rules aren't going to lead to more understanding in consumers. I think they're going to lead to confusion, and they're certainly going to lead to unnecessary costs in the industry that will ultimately drive up costs for consumers. And so particularly taking the fees rule, what the FTC is proposing there, and this is just a proposed rule, not a final rule yet, but the FTC is proposing that there should be a total price on everything that you buy. And that sounds great, and it certainly would be good and you know, to know what you're getting into, but it's a little hard when you look at the different sort of products. How do you disclose the total price of a loan with all mandatory fees? Does that mean you disclose a, a loan with all the late fees? The FTC isn't really clear, and so what we're asking is for products that already have disclosures, like, like, like loans, that we let those disclosures stand on their own and not add a, a different disclosure that may have a different number and ultimately <laughs> lead to more consumer confusion. Well, certainly, uh, what, what I think we, we'd all want clarity as, as you articulated and, and can't have a, a federal conversation without, without mentioning the, the other popular regulatory acronym that the CFPB just, it was a busy year at the Bureau in, in 2023, just uh, as we already have a, a month in the books already uh, here in 2024. Just uh, how are the winds blowing from, from what might be uh, percolating at the Bureau now? 
Well, for everyone listening, I'm shaking my magic eight ball. <laughs> I'm waiting for the little blue triangle to come up. And yeah, it says we're going to see more on fees in 2024. <laughs> I think we're going to also see more on auto finance coming out of, from the Bureau. We expect this spring to see a final rule on non-bank registry, where non-banks are going to have to post their enforcement actions and arbitration agreements on the Bureau's website. I think we may see something on risk-based supervision, and we're certainly going to have a decision from the Supreme Court on the CFPB. Well, uh, n- never a dull moment <laughs> at the Bureau, so we'll, we'll, we'll pass that magic eight ball over, over to Danielle to, to look at things at the state level and, and perhaps one of the more interesting developments uh, from this past year uh, on a state level percolated out of Illinois, the new statute that's in place involving repossessed vehicles and the data that's, that's contained uh, in those vehicles. Um, from from your perspective, how perhaps maybe is that a a, a blueprint uh, regulation for for other states to mimic? Just your assessment of of what happened in Illinois with that particular piece of of regulation involving vehicles. Nick, that's a really good question because it has led to a couple similar type types of things we've seen. I should say along the same vein. So S eight hundred is the law that you're referring to, and uh, it requires repossession agents to wipe the car of any the vehicle of any personal information. That went into effect on January first. And the American Recovery Association was named in the law, that's pretty unusual, <laughs> and requested to come up with standards, which they did. There is, we saw a similar bill in New Jersey that in that instance, it would have required the dealer to wipe all the information. And that bill was amended, but passed later after amended. And now it's still in the dealer's hands, but they're just required to offer it mm. to a customer and they can charge a fee for it. So it's a different, it's, a, it's same concept of wiping the vehicle, but different responsibility. And then there's a third uh, bill that is the same, but different in Massachusetts. <laughs> and uh, it's a, it's, House Bill 4699, and that bill requires a manufacturer to provide access to all motor vehicle data, wherever it's stored, of the same quality as available to the data holder, to the manufacturer itself, or to the vehicle itself, to the owner and any third-party designees of the owner, free of charge, without undue delay is the, is the language. <laughs> so that is a, I mean, that kind of shifts everything on its head. And when you think about, you know, what is what is identifiable information? I mean, it's it, it's kind of in the eye of the beholder. So there's, I think there's a lot, a lot yet to come in in that type of of law. Interesting, well. yeah. and, it, and it's amazing what what data and information can be contained in a vehicle nowadays. I mean, the the late models, it's it's almost like an iPad is in the dashboard nowadays. Exactly. There was uh, one source called it, you know, called cars, compute vehicles, computers on wheels and, and was kind of incensed at how much information is there. But that's, I mean, it's, it's what, it, it makes the consumer experience better and better. And that's, that's, you know, why is constantly developing. Sure, sure. Well, you, you referenced uh, activities in Illinois and, and New Jersey and, and Massachusetts. What are, what are some other uh, state developments that, that have caught your attention that, that perhaps might have a potential auto finance uh, connection? I'll go through kind of a potpourri. I'm glad you asked this because <laughs> I can, there, I can, touch on a couple of things quickly. There's something that is called, it's a 1980 
1980 federal law, and I'm a state person, so why am I talking about that? Uh, we call it DIDMCA. It stands for the Depository Institution Deregulation and Monetary Control Act of 1980, which you can, now I feel like you can forget that. Just, we just call it DIDMCA. And it was to level the playing field between national banks and state charter banks. And, but it, when Congress passed it, it said, but states can opt out of this. And seven states opted out. Well, about 15 years, 10 to 15 years later, Six of those opted back in, all except Iowa. And there's a whole legislative history of why they did so. But the reason this matters in vehicle finance is because you look around, if you're a vehicle finance company, you look around at your competitors, you don't know, unless you've done personal information research on that company, you can't tell by looking at some at someone if they have a state chartered bank as part of their operations. And that's you know a testament to how seriously we take antitrust. We aren't None of these businesses look exactly the same. So we do have a number of vehicle finance businesses that have uh, a state charter bank that they use for various things. And people who are behind trying to get uh, this, there's a new effort to try and get states to opt out of DIGMCA. It has nothing to do with vehicle finance. It has to do with like, you know, bank partnerships for, for mm-hmm. traditional installment lending or for, for payday. But you know, there's this chance of throwing the baby out with the bathwater because what it says, what, what the attempt is, is to get states to opt out of DIDMCA, which means that state chartered banks that are federally insured that our members have in the vehicle finance space would lose a lot of their value. And that's that's a, that's a frustrating effort. That, like, you, you wouldn't, they, no one even talks about vehicles when they talk about these bills. <laughs> I would say also specific to vehicle finance, there was, the, everyone knows about 2311 in California that was passed, big gap reform measure uh, last year. And one thing that's come about in that is a requirement to tell the you know tell consumers that there's been a change of ownership in you know in their agreement. And what was not I don't think considered when this went through by the AG's office who pushed it is that in a securitization context you could have a lot of different technically different owners of your contract, but it's not like you could call them. It's not like, you, you know, they, they don't have a normal name. It's, there's no branding. It's like, you know, the name of a file that owns it. No one except the securitization people, geeks, would know that it's even, that it's even technically a change of ownership. It's just not intuitive. So that caused, that's been causing some, some problems because of consumer notice being very confusing to consumers in California when they get that. They, even though a notice will say you don't need to do anything, they think that, they see their personal information, they think they've been a victim of fraud or something. Um, I'd say one other vehicle-specific thing, I guess this is also California, is that in the governor's budget plan, there's uh, there's mention of getting rid of the retail bad debt tax credit or tax exemption in California, which would be you know not good for the industry, not good for consumers, we feel, because if, if unfortunately, you know, if someone finances a vehicle with you, and you pay the sales taxes to the state, and then they stop paying you. Those sales taxes have been paid. If the vehicle ends up repossessed, it's going it's to be sold again, and sales taxes will be paid again. So we have had in California the ability to get back some of those sales taxes, and and you know we frustrated at the idea that that would go away. It would just make things a lot more expensive in California. <laughs> Just like on the federal level, it's never a dull moment at the state level yeah. either. I mean, it's kind of a dull moment because I just talked about taxes and securitizations, <laughs> but I tried to make it as jazzy as possible. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, as we as we wrap up this conversation, uh, we at Cherokee Media Group invite you for intriguing dialogue, presentations, and more during the Auto Intel Summit and National Remarketing Conference, which is set for April 23rd through the 25th in Cary, North Carolina. 
Early bird registration discounts are available through March 26th. Complete details can be found at autointelsummit.com. Again, that's autointelsummit.com for the event set for April 23rd through the 25th in Cary, North Carolina. Closing moments here at the Vehicle Finance Conference hosted by AFSA and two of its senior vice presidents and, and past honorees among the women in auto finance, Celia Winslow and Danielle Arlo. Well, Celia, we'll, we'll turn back to you and then and then Danielle will, will, will wrap us up. Just um, your, your great event that you've had how crucial is that that ongoing collaboration with with other industry stakeholders, other industry associations, wh- whatever the the case may be, to to navigate the the regulatory l- landscape that's happening? How crucial is that the collaboration that industry wide that can be had? I'm going to channel Chandler Bing <laughs> and say it couldn't be more important. <laughs> Working together is the way to get our message across about how these policy proposals are going to affect all of our customers, whether they're bank customers, credit union company, credit unions, uh, whether these are the auto dealers and the customers going into shop. The more we work together, the better we can make sure that the experience is for consumers in America. Excellent. And, and Danielle, from a state level, I, I imagine there's even more potential collaboration happening. Yeah, we do. We, we love working with state dealers associations on issues of common interest. They've been just a joy to get to know over the years. Some we know a lot better than others. We are aligned on 95% of the issues and we, you know, respectfully disagree on 5%, but that's not too much. We really, and then, you know, we work with our peer financial institution organizations as well, sometimes the bankers and very occasionally the credit unions, (laughs) you know, when it comes to issues that affect vehicle financing for sure. We really appreciate it. That's Celia Winslow and Danielle Arlo, Senior Vice Presidents of at the American Financial Services Association. Ladies, con- congratulations on another successful event. And, and again, thank you for the time at the end of a, of a busy week for both of y'all. Thanks again. Thank Thanks you, for having Nick. us. And if you've missed any of our past conversations on the podcast, just go to our website at autoremarketing.com and click on the podcast box to find our library of past episodes or simply subscribe through whichever platform you get your podcasts. For fellow hosts, Bill Zedites, Joe Overby, and Andy Freelander, as well as our outstanding executive producer, Matt Rice. I'm Nick Sulovich. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to having you again next time on the Auto Remarketing Podcast.